This isn't just a review. We're going beyond that. With your hosts, Kyler and Dallin, we're here to share the moments, magic, and memories that make films so special. Many focus only on what there is to hate, but if you look a little bit deeper, there's so much more to love. We hope the time we've taken brings just a little bit more joy into the movies you watch and the world around them. How do you feel about open bodies of water? Uh, I would say thalassophobia is one of the phobias of all time. How, how, do you, how do you feel about lakes? I would say that I likely do have some thalassophobia. <laughs> um, I know from experience that you're not a fan of oceans. Correct. <laughs> so, um, wh- why, why is that? Tell me, tell me more about this. Uh, are you are you interviewing me? <laughs> uh, I have never been great at swimming, and also, uh, fish are spooky. Just just the fish. Um. Y- yeah. Okay. You know, there's a lot of like, like on the History Channel. It's not about history at all. It's always about like like ghosts or aliens or something weird like that. There's one show that I watched. It was it was a uh, River Monsters with Jeremy Wade. Ah uh, yes. And the key difference of this show from all the other shows is that he actually found the thing he was looking for every single time. Because Rather there are than, monsters. There it, are correct, because fish yeah. monsters are real. Like they're it's not just myths and legends. Like he'll go find an eight foot long catfish that can swallow a child instantly. Like mm. multiple times. Okay. Or an eleven foot diameter river ray that took him eight hours to fish up from the bottom of a river. But we're talking about (laughs) lakes, though. Oh, I mean, similar ideology there. You ever heard of a... Lake monsters? uh, Oh, I can't remember what they're called. There's there's some big old scary fish that live really deep in the uh, Pineview Reservoir. Oh. Yeah, they're spooky. I don't like that. Well, yep. um, after watching this movie as a young uh, person, I was sixteen. I could not enter a lake for about a year. You were you were traumatized. It was pr- it was pretty actually. So I watched this movie with a group of girls from church in our leader's basement theater. That sounds appropriate. Afterwards, we had camp, uh-huh. and none of us would go in the lake. Sounds about right. I lost my shoe in the lake, and no one would go in to get it, so I just is gone. Also, like slight, slight, na- slight side note, um, one of my least favorite scenes, probably actually my least favorite scene in the entire Harry Potter series, is when they go in the lake and there's just the kelp forest. I hate those. Yeah, lakes like, are really spooky. I hate that kelp forests are a thing that are real, and it's just like it's just chilling there and doing its own thing. Like, stop it, gross. So it's a little civilization underwater. No anyway. About. So, on that note. <laughs> we watched What Lies Beneath. Uh, it came out in 2000. It's rated PG-13. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis. And it starred Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer, Catherine Town, uh, Miranda Otto, and James Ramar. Good, good, strong cast. Um, and I guess since we didn't mention it yet, 
Kyler is not here. Oh, Which what? is why no. I just did the thing. I took his thing. And no, I did not memorize Kyler it in 30 seconds. Kyler is always here in our hearts. Yeah, uh, he's actually been kicked off the podcast entirely. We decided we don't like him anymore. We're taking over. Mm-hmm. It's a full, you know, it's a coup. Yeah, he has no idea what he's um, doing, clearly. Yes. He doesn't care about movies. Doesn't, doesn't want to be part of it. Yeah, he doesn't know enough about movies, so we got <laughs> rid of him. He was not carrying his weight. <laughs> Uh, well, in uh, seriousness, he is on his honeymoon Correct. with the lovely Jessica. We are giving him a break. Whom we love. We love both of them very much. Very dearly. Uh, they got married just a few days ago at mm-hmm. the time of recording, and I'm sure they're having a great time. And I, In Star Wars. I thing. am certain that Kyler has cried at least four or five times, which may be more than on the day of his wedding. No, he didn't stop crying on the day of his wedding. So that only counts as one, though. That's what I'm okay, saying. Okay, yeah. But, he has uh, stopped and started Star crying. Wars Land is going to... I think we actually... Our friend group told Jessica that if she does not get video of him entering and... Within Star Wars land, we are all going to be very disappointed. Like the moment when he sees the Millennium Falcon. Oh, it's just going to be like... That'll be a real treat. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're they're having a good time. They're having a day off, or I guess a week off, because they're going to be gone for a little while. And then next week uh, will be the two of them, and I will be getting a little break. So it's a little back and forth. Because he was very sad. <laughs> he was, he really, like, I mean, we both really, We really had to convince Kyler that he did not need to have a short honeymoon to be able to do the podcast. Yeah, we have been trying, me and him have been trying for weeks to figure out a time to, like, fit an extra time to record so that we didn't have to do this. And it, like, just with everything that's been going on and my He's school, getting married. He and, needs to take a yeah, break. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're, like, it's going to be okay. Like, just, you need a little bit of time off to just relax and have fun. Spend some time with your wife. I mean, I guess that's important. I'll yeah, I know. with the Star Wars land. Actually, with his wife. But, you know, it's fine. But, yeah. Anyway. Uh, we, we're just doing a movie with the two of us. And it's, so this is one of my favorite spooky movies. Because I... Dallin is not good at spooky movies, as we have learned last as week. As we have now become very painfully aware of, or I guess just yeah. Dal- funnily aware of? I don't know. Dallin's you guys can laugh first at time with scary movies was with probably me and our friend Remy. Well, not entirely. I mean, I've watched oh, other movies. Yeah, but like that, but. when we were our senior year of high school, Remy sat us down and he was like, we're going to watch some real like important scary movies. And that's when I learned that Dallin likes to sit in the corner with his eyes covered yeah, during all of them. Yeah, we Ringu. Uh, well, actually, it's not Ringu. It's based off of Ringu, but The Ring. We watched Seven. We watched couple uh, Silence of the Lambs. A couple yeah. other ones. It was a good. It was a good week. It was pretty freaky, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but that was when I introduced Dallin to my favorite. This was so. This was the first scary movie I ever watched. Really, um, I like growing up was my parents thought probably thought that scary movies were of the devil, and so. Um, well, I mean, they are. Um, but. <laughs> This was literally like me and my all the sixteen year old girls. Our church leader was like, "We're gonna have a movie night in my basement theater," and we watched a bunch of I Love Lucy, and then we watched What Lies Beneath, and we were I all love Lucy. Yeah. yeah, that's not scary. Well, yeah, that was to start us off. <laughs> okay, and then it was the <laughs> yeah, and then we watched What Lies Beneath, and I think at one point everyone moved to be on the same couch so that we could like clasp hands yeah, and sounds about right. there was multiple hiding behind of like pillows and then yeah, yeah as as previously mentioned we all went to a lake and none of us would go in so yeah 
that was, and I, I like it because it's not, well, Lies Beneath is not like a horror movie. It's like yeah. a psychological intensity. <laughs> the reason I laugh is because I was just like formulating a sentence in my mind where I was going to be like, it's not like it. Because it's not gonna like have lasting psychological effects on me, well, and yeah. then you immediately used psychological to like say, "Oh, it's not that scary," and I was like, "Oh wait, hold on." Well, I mean, <laughs> I was afraid to go in a lake, but only for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like me, where I watched it, and now you're gonna be and, haunted for the rest of your and life. And like, that was over a week ago, like a week and a half. And we Probably still, we're still sleeping ago. with the lights on. I, yeah, I have started turning on. I leave, I leave a light on downstairs. I've been leaving the light on in the bathroom. Closing like, all of on the, the doors. Dimmest thing. And I still, like, something that happened last night, or maybe it was really early this morning when I woke up at, like, 4 or 5, because there's a dog and a cat sleeping on us. Um, mm. Oh, no. It was while I was, doing, I was doing my, like, neck stretch thing last night. And I lifted my head up and I looked at the edge of the stairs. Of, of the stairs <laughs> and I just expected like a little peek of a head. No! A freaking Pennywise just looking up and just like peeking at me. And oh, have you. Oh. Well, see, so that's a little different. Like <laughs> with it, there's that. But like with What Lies Beneath, if, if I saw Harrison Ford's head peeking up over the stairs, I don't think I'd be very scared. I think I'd be very excited. Harrison Ford. <laughs> So yeah, so Gotta do the point. Oh, that's another thing. Uh, Ky- Kyler knew what we were gonna do, and he was really sad that we we're gonna do a Harrison Ford movie without him. Oh, unacceptable. He, he really, really likes Harrison Ford. Um. So yeah, uh, Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer, Miranda Otto, hardcore strong cast. We love love that. Um, one thing I would like to do again because I, I almost forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who haven't seen the movie, mm. first of all, spoiler warning. Which oh, I've, wow. I've been forgetting to do, but you know, it's, it's fine. Um, I'll give you a quick little, uh, synopsis, a little rundown so mm. that you can get an idea of what you're getting into if you'd like to watch it. Um, with their only daughter in college, the loving couple of Dr. Norman Spencer and his spouse, Claire, a former cellist retreat in picturesque Vermont to live a tranquil life at their serene and isolated lake house. However, their idyllic marriage will soon start falling to pieces when sensitive Claire becomes convinced that a supernatural entity has occupied their vacant home. Now in her eyes, whispering voices and unexplained manifestations that chill the bone to the marrow grow in intensity. (laughs) Could Claire's uh, apprehensions be nothing more than figments of a vivid imagination? Or is there a dreadful secret that lies deep within Norman and Claire's seemingly peaceful shelter? Mm. Sometimes these... That's chilling the bone to the marrow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> getting real. There, there's there's a lot of fan-written synopses on, or summaries, I guess, on uh, IMDb. And it, sometimes it's an entertaining just to read through them to oh. see how, like, goofy well, they are. It is important <laughs> to note, though, too, that, like, it says that they retreat to their isolated lake house. That's just where, that's just their house. They're, yeah, they do just they, live they, there. They do just live there. Although... Um, I, they Does... mentioned that, like, they, so they moved into this house couple, like, recently, and their mm-hmm. daughter was living with them, Caitlin, and then she, when she went to college, it was basically just like, oh, okay, now the house is, like, alone, like, it's, we're here by ourselves, we're empty nesters now. And um, Norman spends almost all of his time at the university. Yeah. Working on his research project, yeah. so. 
but they they imply that they had been renovating the house and it used to be his dad's and like so the house is kind of new and kind of kind of spooky well i mean this is one thing i noticed pretty early on is that uh uh well a couple things this this movie is very subtle mm. in like almost all of its like spooks and scares um, and one of the things they do is they just, like, the color grading is sort of this dim, kind of, like, desaturated, like, a lot more blues and stuff. Like, there's the one scene where she's in the basement looking like at old photo photos. Albums, yeah. And I'm just like, I looked at that scene, I was like, this is a scary movie. Regard, like, I, you could just show me this one scene and there's nothing spooky happening and I would still know that this is a scary yeah. movie. Just because of, like, the very, like, the specific audio choices and like the music choices and the and cinematography it'll like zoom in and you're like okay oh the cinematography in this happen? movie is really good yeah there's, there's there's lots of like slow pans and like oh there's a moment at, near the end that we're definitely going to talk about um where the, the camera's like moving underneath the floor oh yeah that was really cool yeah i forgot about that one. that's yeah. just a little thing but that's neat um, yeah, there's anyway. lots of focusing on like claire will be breathing and that's it. And it'll like pan in and like zoom in and her breathing is just like really loud. And that's just, that's kind of yeah. spooky. Uh, um, but what I wanted to uh, go to immediately after this is with the house, uh, their neighbor's house, mm. which is, it plays a bigger role in like the first half of the movie. Yeah. Um, is very spooky. For no reason. But it isn't. Like yeah. it's a normal looking house. It looks, it's like the exact same, almost like a similar kind of house as theirs. The only difference is that when we're looking at their neighbor's house, there's leaves on the ground and like the color of the cinematography changes. Well, like I don't the, even know if it's the color changes. It's just like there's there's bushes and and trees like right up to the edge of the house. There's never any lights on. Like there's just like leaves, leaves and, and dirt and stuff. Like and the that's yard it. is slightly unkempt. Like it's like but aside from it's just like oh maybe they yeah. don't spend a lot of time or money having their house well like our house has clean. more leaves on the front lawn than that house does and our house yeah. isn't spooky but because their house has leaves it's very scary and i think part of it is the contrast because there's several there's several moments where you pan from the spencer's, the house spencer's not yard doesn't which have is leaves. like a bunch of nice flowers and bushes and everything looks good and all the like edging and trim is all is all nice and clean and then it pans over and it looks to their house and it's just like there's a spotty yard and like the grass isn't all perfectly perfectly manicured. cut and and like there's a bunch of junk on their porch and stuff like that it's just like really little like i said little subtle things it's a normal looking house but because theirs is so perfect it makes it look kind of yeah it, it just it but it comes off as scary because of those things and it really shouldn't like it's just a normal house mm -hmm. like if anything that house is more normal, normal than, than the theirs. other one because the other one is really nice. Because <laughs> they renovated it. Yeah. Um, another scene in which they, it's just like a normal thing that they're trying to make scary and succeed in doing so. The very first scene of the movie starts with Claire in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And she just like showered and the bathroom's steamy and oh, no, she dries off the mirror and that's it. Isn't she in the tub? No, she, I don't think so. She's just like, she's wearing a towel and the oh. bathroom is steamy and she uses like a hairdryer on the, on the mirror cause it's foggy and that's it. That's the whole scene, but it's really scary. And you're like, something's going to happen this so, early. So I, I, when, when we did it, I, there was several notes I made where I, I wrote what the scene was and then just put a frowny face after it. <laughs> cause I was like, these are the ones that make me sad. Um, I, I did that once in this and it was just. I don't like 
reflection things. Those freak me out. Which is a very recurring theme in this, between the mirror and the water. Almost all of them. Pretty much all of them. (laughs) Are are reflections or, like, looking through the surface of something. Like, like it's all sort of like that pseudo-reflective, distorted kind of idea. It's spooky. And it's freaky. I don't don't (laughs) like it. Don't do that. (laughs) You just get the spooky feels from lots of semi-normal things. Um... There are also a lot of, along with the water, there are a lot of recurring spooky themes, I think. So we have like... Themes, not things. Themes. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, yeah, themes. So there's the water is, like as the movie progressive, that becomes more of like a regular spooky thing. But there's also the doors and the windows. Mm-hmm. So like right from the very that. beginning, you realize that she, she's messing with windows like a lot. And it's really always... Really often. It's kind of, it's like, okay, so is something going to happen because of that? And it... It never really does, window-wise. It's just there's she's constantly opening or closing windows, and it just, like, zooms in on it, and it's making you think, like, oh, something's going to happen. This might be reading into it a little bit, but that could be kind of symbolic of her closing off. Mm. Because at the beginning, I think there's some scenes of her opening the windows, and then there's the scene where her and Norman are... are have being frisky um, and the neighbors are also being very loud mm-hmm. and they open the window they're like sort of inviting yeah. in that kind of like oh the world is around us idea but then later on there's more and more of her closing the windows, windows and like shutting all of them and there's yeah. one where it's like there's a storm and there's, happening of course the recurring the door thing where their front door doesn't latch and she's constantly trying to keep it closed and there's like other doors that open, like when they're in the bathroom doing their little seance, and yeah. the doors are just kind of creaky and spooky, and that's kind of one of the ways that Norman starts to have his little fun gaslighting times. Well, I think before we get into that, mm-hmm. um, so this is the second time I've seen this movie because you showed it to me a couple, a couple of years, years ago. ago, and I liked it then, and I'd say I actually like it a lot more the second time. Because you um, know this is this is one that really does benefit from a second watch. Oh, absolutely. Um, because Norman and Claire, their relationship, especially in the first viewing, it seems so normal, really good. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think one of the thoughts I had, like directly the first time we watched it, I was like, "Wow, like this is a really wholesome relationship." <laughs> I know. No, <laughs> correct. Like us knowing more context, that's like. Yeah. <laughs> but like that was one of the thoughts I had and obviously that started to change as things went on mm-hmm. but Being for, able to I see was all on Norman's side almost the entire like almost the entire time the first time you watched yes because I can remember the specific moments where I switched and then I switched back mm-hmm. and then it wasn't until the very very end where I was like oh no he's actually like terrible Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah spoilers norman's the bad guy he does (laughs) like get very you know concerned and like there's the part in the movie where he starts to like do all the research and he's talking to his psych friend about like my i need help with my wife Mm -hmm. and like he clearly loves her and all this stuff but then once you watch it the second time, you're like, that's gaslighting, that's gaslighting, that's gaslighting. <laughs> yeah, I, so I was thinking about this as we were going into it, because I was like, oh, he like gaslights her a lot. And then it wasn't until about halfway through the movie where I was like, no, he is gaslighting her from the start. Yeah. Like, from the, the moment the movie begins, mm-hmm. he is doing his thing. Yeah. And it is, it and it is gets, like, 
insidious. It gets it's to the really point where bad. she starts to gaslight herself. Oh yeah, with absolutely. the therapist, where she's like, "There's a ghost in my house. My husband thinks I'm crazy." And then it gets to the point where she's like, "You know what? I am just crazy. It's fine. Like, I, I, it's just the house is old, and we renovated it, and things yeah. seem new, and my daughter's gone, and I am crazy." Yeah, and, and it's, it's like it, and I was. I, I I remember when that scene happened. I was like, "She's gaslighting herself. This is nuts." Yeah, it it's like seeing the layers and there's a lot of layers like this is like some folded mosaic damascus here of layers of of uh of gaslighting that norman has been working on on his wife mm-hmm. like um on that note most of that starts with the neighbors so let's yeah let's talk about that the fewers we, we mentioned their the house spooky, already the house the non-spooky spooky house um we see we technically first see the wife, Mrs. Fear, Miranda Otto, Eowyn, from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it took us a second when we were watching it. was like, she's so familiar. Where is she from? Uh, but we don't see her whole body. We just see her eye. Well, it's not even that. The The first time they see, it's the two of them up in their room, and they look down and they see them arguing in the yard. Yes, yeah, so they've seen them arguing before in their yard, but they don't have never seen their faces or, like, up close. And then the first time that happens... Um, it's they're talking through the fence, uh, Claire and um, Mrs. Fear, Mary, and she just sees her eye through the fence, and it's a green eye. Yeah. And so then, as the ghost thing continues to happen, mm-hmm. Claire just thinks, "Oh, Mary has green eyes. I think he killed his wife, and they were arguing, and mm-hmm. she had green eyes, and this ghost I'm seeing does too, and it's really freaky and just, just that weird. Honestly, kind of like after seeing it, well, at least once." That scene with Mary Fior through the fence, she's being a real extra. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that was something I was going to mention is, like, Claire is looking... She's reading into it way too hard mm-hmm. for, like, what's going on there. But they, they are, are very fairies. strange people. Yeah. Like Especially she's, her. she's going not Like, I tried very hard to pay attention to what she was saying in that scene because I know... I knew what happens where she was just like, oh, I'm so in love with him that I couldn't breathe and I felt suffocated and like, he's just so passionate. But then like when they're at this, at the the fence, she's just like, I need to leave and everything is so scary and he's back and stuff like that's not a reaction that a normal person has. It's very odd. (laughs) And it's not really until a bit later in the movie that we, I think we actually get to have the knowledge of why she was acting that way, right? It's Yeah, it's... Because they, they see each other, she sees the husband, and she confronts him, like, oh, you killed your wife. And then he's like, my wife is right here. And there she is, and that's the first time that we actually see her in person for... At least her full... Like, her full body. Her full face. And then, um, and then I think she sits down with her later, and she's like, I know that you... That was probably, like, a weird thing when we were talking over the fence. Yeah. But have you ever just felt so passionate that you feel like you can't breathe? And, and Claire's like, sure. She's like, uh-huh, definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's a real reaction. I have, have definitely felt that way about you, for sure, babe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just anyway. lost my breath. Couldn't, um, couldn't speak coherently. So I think that definitely, <laughs> that moment where he's like, I didn't kill my wife, she's right here. And Norman was there. Yeah. That was when we start to actually like hardcore see. He's like, no, okay, my wife was like, my wife might be crazy. This is, you are overreacting about everything. Yeah. You thought that our neighbor killed his wife and that wasn't a thing. And they're fine. 
they're a little strange, but they're fine. Yeah. Um, I thought their reaction afterward, like not immediately afterward, but later when they see him at the party, was that, also kind of strange. That was a little uncomfortable. Because he he like goes he like, to oh, no. like fake strangle her, and they kind of like laugh about it. And I'm like, just like, that's, that's not what how that's you odd. Should talk about a person who, yeah. to everyone else, probably seems like a crazy lady. Yep. There was a lot of other people there. There was like probably a good twenty or thirty people there when she confronted him at yeah. school. Like, so plus, so there. Aside from that, that's really the only time that we see any of Claire's experiences. Well, get addressed. This is this is interesting because outside of all of us, outside of the, the neighbor thing, yeah, the picture frames, the doors, all that stuff is never actually addressed. It's never like, yeah. oh, the door is actually messed up, or oh, the picture frame got knocked over from the window stuff. It's literally just like, these things are happening. Yeah, she doesn't the, really talk to anyone else the, about uh, The bathroom is filling up with steam, and that's just, it's just, it's not like, it never reveals that like, oh, Norman was playing tricks on her, or she was actually going crazy, or anything like that. It was just, it was literally a ghost. Well, and I mean, a lot of, of a lot of that stuff, I think, is just, sort of mundane like like the door the door like yeah the latch was broken that was just the latch is but they never addressed like oh the latch is broken Mm -hmm. we can just tell as viewers that like the door just doesn't work because it's old but that was never addressed by her or norman or anybody the picture frames falling over we just assume we have to just assume that was the ghost because there's nothing that That, it never really that why that happened because it it falls over, I think twice, and is just knocked over. And she picks it up and looks at it. Um, the bathroom with steam. So there's two parts with the picture actually. Um, when it breaks, mm-hmm. or one of the first times it falls over, she looks down and she sees in the vent the key. by his desk that there's the key in there. And then there's another time where it knocks over and the glass breaks and she pulls out the picture and on the back, back is on like the back side the of the newspaper, newspaper clipping um, there is on the bottom corner just a tiny bit of something talking about her when she disappeared. Oh, um, it just says like young girl disappears or Madison. something. Madison Elizabeth yeah. Frank. The computer thing also never addressed. Yeah. Where, like, the computer goes nuts. That's never like, oh, there's, like, faulty wiring. It's also, just, that's literally a ghost. I also think it's funny that the uh, the, the ghost had to play a whole game of solitaire just so it could put its name in at the end and say M-E-F-M-E-F-M-E-F-M-E-F-M. Because it starts playing a game of solitaire as she's walking upstairs. And then something else, ha- I don't remember what happens up there. But then she comes back down and sees the computer and it just has M-E-F repeatedly all over the screen. As at the, the winner's initials. Yeah, the the... The, like put in your high score. Good old 1999 <laughs> computer. Oh yeah. Uh, programs. Oh, the dial-up internet and the fact that they. That's the most triggering part about this they, whole movie. <laughs> they used it for dramatic tension, which is amazing because it had to like load in the, the picture of Madison. The like the rows of pixels on the picture and like they got more and more and more high definition. Like the four times it went through until it was finally her face, and then it was, it was just like that's hilarious. Because back in two thousand, that would be very spooky. But now that we're in, you know, modern times, it's like, oh, the dial-up internet is scary. <laughs> it's pretty uh, but funny. also never addressed. It's just, it's a ghost. Yeah. Um, 
how many bathroom scenes are there? So there's a the lot. original one. There's the multiple seances. There's at least the two. The two. And then, then there's there's one where it's she, foggy and nothing really happens. Then there's the one where she sees the reflection in the bathtub and the one where she sees the reflection in the mirror. And the uh, you there, know. Yeah. I think that's the, the first one. Because first she, she, what hears, she starts hearing voices and then there's some other stuff. And then she sees you know. The you know is what happened that made her go downstairs. And then there's the computer. Yeah. And then there was the spooky ghost in the reflection. Uh, that's actually an interesting note. Um, there's another part. I think it's when Norman is looking over the bathtub. I have to watch it back, but I think her reflection is also in the water, mm. like next to him. That's interesting. And and I it was just it was so brief that I I wasn't sure. And I was thinking back, and I was like, was that Claire? I was like, wait, no, that would, that couldn't have been Claire. Like, was that the ghost too? Because I saw two faces, and I was like, oh. Mm. Oh no, that's that's kind of cool. But then of and course, spooky. then of course we have the bathroom scene in, in the end when he is trying to kill her. Yeah. And that there's a lot once you actually get to the horror parts of this film. So the first like half is all just freaky tension, psychological tension, and then the second half, not even half, probably like the last third or even fourth of the movie is when you actually get the horror scenes. Mm -hmm. And they're all so drawn out and that's yeah. what makes them scary. <laughs> like it takes There's so much tension in this movie. After Norman pretends to call 911 and report him like turn himself in, say so like send an officer out to the house. It's about a 6 minute period of time where between when he says like I'm going to go take a shower, get dressed or whatever and when she's kind of she doesn't think he's telling the truth. And well, it's like a six minute yeah. scene of where she's creeping around the house trying to like avoid him and check the phone and all this stuff. And it's just... Well, not only that. She oh, she tense. walks upstairs and sees the phone and like kind of squints her eyes and looks at it. And then I think she picks it up and keeps walking around for a minute. And it isn't until she walks back around out of their room and then to the like second entrance to the bathroom because mm -hmm. it kind of like... Curse. connects to both the hallway and their room mm -hmm. um, that she looks down and then looks it says 411 mm -hmm. and like but that's that's like 30 seconds to a minute later after she picked up the phone and was already like yeah. this is sus and so it's 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 it fascinating it. how long all this takes and the so the the probably in, intending to be the climax of the scary scenes is when mm -hmm. she's in the bathtub she's paralyzed she, the water's filling up. Norman had hit his head or whatever because he saw the ghost. And well, yeah, that's another one. On that... ground. And that bathroom scene, that bathtub scene lasts a long time. Yeah. It literally, it's like in real time of the bathtub filling up. Mm -hmm. Where, uh, well, when, when Norman is like setting her in the place mm -hmm. properly, he like sees the necklace, pulls her head forward because it's on the back of her neck instead of the front. And then sees that it's the necklace that... Uh, Madison. Madison. I was going to say Miranda. I was like, that's not right. Uh, that Madison was wearing. And then when he pulls her head forward, it's Madison's face mm -hmm. and not hers. And it's like the spooky underwater decaying face. Yeah. That one's that one's a good jump scare. That yeah. one will get you. I oh. forgot about it, honestly. And I was yeah. like, ooh. <laughs> there actually are quite a few jump scares in the movie that are for a jump scare. They're done a little differently, you know? Like when she looks yeah. down at the phone and sees that it says 411 and then she just looks back up at the mirror and Norman's just there. Yeah. Um, um, when it's a ghost, it's just... 
it prolongs the horror scenes for so long that the jump scare just happening where it is is like, oh gosh, I've already yeah. kind of relaxed a but, little bit. But there's like, I, I don't remember if we've talked about it much, like me and Kyler, um, where jump scares kind of just feel cheap. Like they're just kind of annoying. It's like, yeah. it's like, like oh, the, you're startling me. I, yeah. I'm not actually scared. Like the first jump scare in the movie, Mary Fewer's eyeball through the fence. We all knew that was going to happen. We knew something yeah, was going to jump that, up and scare us. And, and she was looking through a hole in the wall. That's a, like, oh, that's the jump scare. The rest of the jump scares in the movie are like, oh, there's her face is a ghost now. That's not, that was not expected. Yeah. Oh, and, there's, there's also one where the dog comes through the door into the bathroom while they're doing their seance. Yeah. And, and it's that's just, kind of a, it's just like a, a, really a loud and it's that's like, kind of oh, a why? jump scare too, where it's like, oh, something's coming. What's it going to be? Yeah. Oh, it's the dog. But a lot of them are like, they do serve to further the film. Like they have important stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it is both a jump scare, but also useful mm -hmm. for like, you know, the overall feel of what's going on. Um, I want to talk about the foreshadowing in the movie because there is a lot of it that you also pointed yeah. out as seeing this as your second time. Mm -hmm. This is probably like my sixth or seventh time watching. Mm -hmm. Once you watch it more, you start to realize almost everything in the first half of this movie is just foreshadowing. Yeah. It, it feels interesting because uh, you mentioned this too while we were like talking about what we wanted to say. Um, it feels like there's like two parts or I guess it's mm -hmm. like two thirds, one the third. The psychological... Like, Preparation the, and then the horror. The 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 third act of the movie, both of us stop taking notes. Yeah. Because it's like we are now engrossed. Like we are now, now watching we are now movie. just watching the movie. We're we're excited, like we're not distracting ourselves with the notes. Cause it's like we've already had all that build up. It's now all the payoff. Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing how everything's resolving. So it's like we don't feel like we need to take those notes. But it's like a really clear distinction, more so than I think I've ever really noticed, at least of anything on the podcast so far. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes I, I realize really early on that I'm writing everything down and I'm like, okay, I need to write less down because I'm just, I, with like Dune, I would have had like a four page document by the end of that movie. But no, <laughs> this really is, the more you think about it, separated into three acts where it's like the backstory and just feeling spooky for no reason. Mm -hmm the psychological kind of tension in the yeah. second act of just like figuring out what she's the heck starting the ghost to piece is. things together she's starting to actually kind of go crazy and then the third act where it's literally just the, the horror film at the ghost end. is real ghost is real my husband my is trying to kill me. um like <laughs> what's going on yeah so the first foreshadowing we see i guess from the top is just the very first scene again, the bathroom scene with the fog and all mm -hmm. that stuff that happens a lot more lately. The mist. Um, we see the the phone service on the bridge. They talk about that in the first. And bit. and it's it's really subtle, it's, like it's really yeah. nonchalant. They're just like, oh, you know, you can't get service, service till you get across the bridge, and he's like, oh right, yeah, like, mm -hmm. and then then they complete the call. They talk about the rat paralytic in his research lab. Yeah, she's going to see him one night. Uh, for or maybe it was one I don't remember. It was, There's a it scene was where nice. she's going she to talk was to him. Scared, and so she's. Um, and the other students are in there talking about how they can paralyze the rat, and it still is aware. It just can't move. Like mm -hmm. it still has all of its perception and everything. It's just it its body cannot move. Um, there's the scene where she goes to see Mrs. Frank, who is the dead girl's mom, and she's watching like a telenovela or something. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't speak Spanish, but she's just like, you don't even need the sound. For it to, to know that 
something bad is happening, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a foreshadowing to a lot of the third act moments where she's just walking through the house trying to avoid her murder husband. And there's a lot of silence. It's just silent. Like there's, there is music, but there is a lot like using silence. Well, in a film is, is something that I really enjoy. And it's, more difficult than you think and maybe on the that, surface. I think that's a lot of what kind of plays into what we said before about the horror scenes being very drawn out. Mm-hmm. They feel so long because there's no music. It's not like spooky, creepy music. It's literally she's sneaking through her house and it's silent because well, her husband is showering. And like we talked about the cinematography before, but like the the fact that it's almost always a long, drawn out pan or continuous mo- movement of the camera. It's not cutting back and forth. It's all real time. Yeah, like that is it is further cementing the fact that like this is happening slowly mm-hmm. because you are watching everything happen. You are seeing her just walk through a hallway or watching the bathtub fill up as long as it takes to actually fill up a bathtub. Like it's it's yeah. just one there's a couple like moments in the scene where she's in the bathtub paralyzed. And it's literally just silent except for the bathtub filling. Mm-hmm. And it's so slow because that's how long it actually takes to fill it up. And we're just watching that and there's nothing happening. And we're like, and she's going to drown. And it's going really slow. And the water's getting higher. And that, that whole sequence <laughs> is really, really good. Mm-hmm. It's super, super effective. Because as soon as Norman sees spooky ghost face mm-hmm. and then gets startled and then hits his head, hits his head on a mirror, cuts himself... And then falls down. And, like, you see his hand, like, kind of shaking he and then slip off. He actually hit his head on the corner of the counter. Right, yeah. He breaks the mirror, then hits his head on the cor- the counter, and then falls down. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, blood, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another interesting fact is that you have to remember that they're both, like, middle-aged, if not older. There's... Like, it never... Ta- how old are they supposed I'm to be? I'm not sure. It never discusses how old they're supposed to they're be. But they're definitely supposed to be older. Like, either... Like, I would guess at be, least in their 50s. It could be anywhere from, like, 40 to late... Early 40s to late 50s, because she's... She had a husband. She mm-hmm. had Caitlin, and then her husband and she's going off to college, so she's probably in, like, early 20s. She's at least 18 to 20, maybe. Yeah. But... And then uh, Norman is her second husband... It also, and he could be older than her, but like, probably. the reason I bring this up is because like him hitting his head where like someone like me, I might like have a headache. <laughs> it's, it, it's like, there is a distinct difference between someone older falling and someone younger falling. Like, you know, actually like senior people, if they fall, that is a huge issue. They can break bones. They can like be easier. unable to get up and then, you know. Sometimes it can be even worse. And so him just hitting his head on the side of the counter, like, that hurt. That would sure hurt. But, like, for him, actually getting knocked out and she might even think he's dead because she sees the blood. Like, that's believable. Mm -hmm. I think when I first watched the the movie, I was like, is he he dead? Like, is he just (laughs) gone? Like, geez. But then, uh, I mean, I want to talk about the whole whole bathtub thing because as soon as that happens, it switches to her perspective. The whole time. Yeah. Uh... I, I think there's a few times where it cuts to like the water just Level. just coming into the tub, mm-hmm. or like it shows the stopper, and there's a few other things. But like it's mainly just looking from like her slumped in the side of the tub, like the cameras is just level with the top of the tub, slightly beneath, and you're seeing like the water rise. The, uh, there was um, a scene when the water was going below her eye level. 
that you fr that freaked you out a bit where she finally got it to open a little bit and it was going down below her nose mm -hmm. and I looked over and you were just like Ugh. yeah because because it it really hammers home her drowning like, her situation because the like the water actually comes up over the lens of the camera mm -hmm. and then it like looks back at her and it's like it's covering her mouth and now it's slowly covering her nose and it's like getting to the bottom of her eye and it's just like slowly rising and it is, yeah. yeah it's really really suspenseful and then also the fact like it's i think i kind of uh overlooked it the first time but how she actually saves herself is actually really clever too because she gets her toe around the stopper chain mm -hmm. and pulls it enough to the side to where the water starts draining mm -hmm. but it's not enough no it's not as it's still it's not filling. draining enough as it's filling yeah. and so then she has to reach with her fingers to grab the shower head and well, try to pull the like the chain what do you call that like the hose which is around one of the she, no, not even that knobs. yet she does do that but that's not even yet because first she's pulling on it with her foot the chain breaks mm -hmm. so she can't pull it all the way out and it's just <sighs> stuck halfway open and halfway draining but the water coming in from the faucet <sighs> i'm trying to remember exactly what happens because at, at one point uh the water is high enough that she starts letting her leg float mm -hmm. and then like she it's slams. she slams her leg down and isn't that is that no. on the the chain the 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 shower head thing no no so what happened she she moves it with her toe first opens yeah. it halfway she reaches and grabs the shower head to try to stop the flow because it's drain not draining as fast as mm -hmm. it's coming in and then she slows the faucet down but it's still above her nose mm -hmm. and so she's like okay it's draining a little bit now but I'm gonna I'm still gonna, I'm gonna drown, drown before, it's still over and my that's nose. when she slams her leg down on the chain and pulls it off. Yeah, and then it still takes another what, like thirty seconds yeah. to and actually and drain. It still focuses on how long it takes for the water to go back down to where she can breathe because it is still the faucet is still running a little bit, and it's just like, oh gosh, that's. And then there's even more where it's like now she is slowly coming back to full like ability to move, and she's like slowly getting herself up. And like she, Limping, she looks over the away. side and sees that there is actually a blood trail going out of the room, and like, at first I was like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. She would have heard him, but then I was like, wait, no, her she was, ears were underwater. She was underwater for like a minute, <laughs> so she wouldn't have noticed. Oh, I didn't think about that. And so he could have just, like, crawled away. Um, a little focused on trying not to drown. Correct. Like, we've been looking at what she's been focusing on for so long that, like, it is actually fully believable that he just snuck away. And then uh, she's, like, slowly working her way to, like, have the strength to walk back out of the and room. And that, that uh, suspension scene, too, as well, just between her getting out of the bathtub and seeing Norman on the ground in the hallway, mm -hmm. that's, like, another five minutes of trying to make her way out of, like, I don't know if it's silent or if it's just, like, very... It's very quiet. Very, very quiet. It's, like, She grabs okay, the shard dead, of glass. Mm -hmm. um, and then she's she goes out. She's, like, looking around. She doesn't see him. She's, she's going down phones. the stairs backwards, mm -hmm. which... You never do that. In why a would you movie. do that? <laughs> <laughs> but she's trying to find phones that are on, and and they're all dead or busy or whatever yeah, because this is 1999. Or, or there just isn't service. And then she tries to get the phone out from underneath Norman because he's on the floor bleeding and kind of half dead. And then he's like moving, and she screams. He, he like groans a little bit, and then she decides just to go. And then 
we see his eye open because it's spooky. Very spooky. And then, of course, while she's driving away, he's still alive and makes it out to the the truck, and he's in the back in the boat, of the and then he's in, in the bed of the truck, and then he breaks through the windshield. He's trying to get her, and oh, gosh. <laughs> the bridge scene is also kind of spooky. That's the part that made us not able to go in the lakes afterwards. Was when she drives into the lake, and there's like the dead person yeah. in the car, and the sailboat. Like the mask, the mask like goes through the car, and he's in there trying to like strangle her, and it takes a long time. That's another time where the water's filling up, and they dwell on it for a really long oh, to sit there. So the the main oh, kind of overarching theory theme, sorry, theme. that we addressed the most was all of the people asking Claire, "Are you all right?" Are you sure? Well, it's yeah, it's are you all right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, fine. I'm okay. And then they're all just like, mm, are you sure? But are you? And that is also never addressed until the middle of the movie when we finally realize why they're all asking her if she's all right because she had been in a car accident the year before and yeah. lost her memories from that. And not no one knew that she lost her memory from it. They all just thought she was in an accident. And it's not until mm-hmm. kind of the last bit that we find out like, oh, she was having an affair. She drove away. She got in an accident. And, and it's wrapped a car around a tree going 80. It is implied that it could have been like a suicide attempt, but it's never like directly Correctly. stated yeah. one way or the it's other. It's not addressed. Where it's just like, I think someone, the way they're talking about it is like, it definitely kind of seemed like you Which were is, trying to die. Yeah. And when, that's probably what everyone thought is like, even her friend Jody mentions, she was like, you had wrapped your car around a tree going 80. Like we're all still concerned about you Yeah. because that's not something that people just do. And so we're, I'm sure a lot of the, I mean, there's not very many characters in this movie. There's like her and her husband, the neighbors, her friend Jody and her therapist and her daughter who we see for three minutes in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) But like every time someone introduces himself to her or her friend comes and visits, it's just, are you okay? Are you sure? Because we think you're all suicidal and crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if that line or something along Mm-hmm. Those lines <laughs> was said like close to 20 to 30 times yeah. in this movie. It happens a lot. And I, I started bringing it up after like the second or third time it was said. I was and then like, it was immediately said, said three more times. <laughs> and then like in that scene right after they said it again. And then like the following scene, someone else said it. And I was just it's, like, it's wow. Every time someone introduces themselves to Claire, they ask her, are, are you all right? right? Um, yeah. And it's not until we learn why she had driven away in the storm that we realize, or she even realizes why she had done that. She doesn't even, it was so blocked from her memory that it was just an accident. And she didn't even think about why it had happened yeah. until we realize, till she, it all comes back to her and she remembers being at that door and seeing her husband cheating on her and mm-hmm. driving away. And her friend Jody knew like, I, as soon as I heard that you've been in the accident, I thought, oh my gosh, she's found out. And yeah. no one addressed it. They just wanted to be like, are you okay? Just want to make sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. And everyone just thought she was kind of an emotional wreck. And her husband kind of treated her very fragilely. And her friend treated her very fragilely. And to the yeah. point where it just didn't, they didn't bring it up. This is, uh, I'm getting a lot of the same feelings right now that I was when Kyler and I did The Prestige. Uh, because that movie 
uh, basically the conclusion we came to at the end of that episode is that whole movie is a magic trick and it is structured like a magic trick. Hmm. And they talk about the, the parts of a magic trick. And uh, like, it's basically just like this, the subject matter of the movie is also what we are experiencing as an audience. And so what I was going to say is like, we are being gaslit as an audience. <laughs> as an audience. While Claire is While being she is being gaslit as a character. And then continues to gaslight and, herself. And like, just all the amount of like, but are you okay? Know. Yeah, I'm okay. We're sitting there like, is she really okay? I don't know. We just watched like, her do see all these crazy things. We don't think she's okay. And like I was saying, the first time I watched the movie, I thought Norman was a good guy. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a nice dude. And he just like was maybe approaching things wrong or like maybe being a little bit more harsh than he needs to. And like, he is stressed out. So there's a few times when he kind of lashes out at her or like, why are you doing this? Yeah. He's like, he's like, why are you being this way? Like I'm, I need to focus on things. And I was like, yeah, he could be nicer about it, but like that seems at least in some way justified. But then when you watch it through the second time, it's like, no, that's a problem. Like he is only time in the whole movie that I think I actually started to feel like he was actually trying to take care of her was that part where she's just like, no, there's a ghost. Here's the braid of the dead girl. And he starts to ask his like colleague, like, Hey, you're like a psycho psychologist, paranormal, Uh, something or other. And he's like, Hey, what if my, someone that I know was in contact with the spirit, what would I do? And like, he starts reading the book and he's making notes and he's like, we need to burn the thing with fire to exercise it. And he's actually like researching and he's like, okay, maybe my wife's not crazy. There's actually a ghost and he's actually doing stuff to support her. And then he goes back in the next day and she's playing her cello. And that's like, and he was like, oh my gosh, the ghost is gone where he actually had been truthful about it and been like, I want to figure out what's happening with my wife. Everything yeah. outside of that is him trying to cover himself. And or he's make still, her feel like he's still trying to cover himself there. Well, yeah, he's, he knows he, why the ghost, he knows who the ghost is. Yeah. He's like, he, he knows everything that happened. He's so trying to cover. He up, is but. finding a way that works with what she thinks she's seeing, like her experience to also play himself up as the good guy mm-hmm. to get back on her good side. Yeah. But the only time like, he's actually being a good supportive husband and or person and trying to help her fix the thing, he's still trying to cover up a murder. So yeah. And so like when I was talking earlier, I was like I was on Norman's side, and then there was a moment where I was like, Nah, he's a bad guy. And then it like goes back. It was when he she finds out and he admits and he's like, Yeah, it was me. I'll call nine one one. Like I'll talk about it. And then the first time I watched it, I was like, Okay, like yeah, he he's okay. But then it goes through and reveals, like, no, he didn't call. And I was like, <gasps> like, that actually <laughs> got me. I Which was is like, why what? that jump scare right there is so effective. Because the moment where Norman jump scares her with the paralytic chemical or whatever, when yeah. she finds out that he had dialed 411, not 911, that is the climax of the whole movie where we realize, no, he's actually a bad guy. He, it's the final true reveal of, yeah. like, he is now, like, all the curtains are drawn. He is bad guy. And instant jump scare, <laughs> he's there. He paralyzes her and takes her to a bad try to Because before that, all of his confessions were half-truths. All, and But they were still, like, he was confessing. He felt bad. He still loves her. He made a mistake. Yeah. Like the girl, she like killed herself. He he's, tries, he covered it up, and that was his only crime. He's a really effective villain. Yeah, he's really smart. Mm. Like a scary amount of smart that he's gotten away he, with all of this does for so long. Put a whole lot of half truths in everything that he does up until that point, and it kind of 
still lets his previous gaslighting exist because he's like, well, maybe you're still crazy, but I didn't kill her. And she just, she killed herself. And yeah. And it, he makes it sound believable. Yeah. Like he's victimizing the, himself at the a little beginning bit. of that confession. I was like, nah, I know this. He's, he's full of baloney. And, and then, and then as he explains it some more, I was like, oh, that's could be. kind of sounds compelling. Real. Like, sounds like it could be real. And I was just like, this is really well put together. Like, <laughs> I mean, and granted, he had a year to yeah. stew on all of this and try to figure out what he might do well, if she ever found out. And it never would have worked if he wasn't able to conveniently take advantage of the fact that she forgot everything. Yeah. Like, I wonder. He, so he, he was trying. Like, I think he talks a little bit about how he's like, I didn't know what to do. And then you didn't remember. Mm-hmm. Like, you had memory loss. And he's like, okay, now we're going to be okay. Like, I can still have a happy life with my happy wife because she doesn't remember all the terrible things I did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And so part of me was wondering, I actually made a note about this, like, what Claire has been doing the last year. Like, she's just been chilling around the house, doing nothing, playing solitaire, hanging out with her daughter. Like, I don't... Well, I'm sure there was more for her to do while her daughter was there. Because it is very close to the beginning of the movie that her daughter actually leaves. Mm -hmm. And then that is, like, you. I think you pointed out where it's like, now she's officially alone at the house all the time. Yeah. And so it isn't until that perfect, like, microcosm of an environment of, like, she is alone... So she has nothing to do, so the ghost can now mm-hmm. assert its presence in a way that she will very obviously know about. Yeah, but on that same, on that same thread, the last year, what, like, what has Norman been doing? Well, no, we know what he's been doing. Well, yeah. He's been working on his I his know, project. but on, like, in this sense, like, has he been trying to figure out this whole year what he might do if she found out? Has he been trying to, like... Is he very aware of it the whole time? Did he just try to forget it too? Because that's I, what that's what I felt the first time I watched it. I was like, he just kind of forgot too. But it, he might have just been stewing on this all year. I, I think it would probably... If I had to venture a guess, mm-hmm. I, I would say it probably was a mixture of like... Uh, try to pretend it didn't happen. He, he did probably have a bit of a plan at the beginning and took advantage of the fact that she forgot everything and then like sort of probably tried to set things up to make, make his story seem more believable or like just the lack of the the problems that she found mm-hmm. like those were really truly not there there was nothing wrong so she wouldn't suspect anything um because again like it isn't until the ghost starts being like hey I'm here you know what happened you know what's going on you just need to remember like it isn't until that happens that anything changes well and they're all so happy and they little. also go to that party um where she's like We'll just be here for five minutes because I've talked to this guy. And then his wife comes up and she's just like, oh, the last time you were here, you had a breakdown. You broke my crystal and you it looked like you'd seen a ghost. And then you left and got in an accident. And she's like, oh, dang, that did happen. And that kind of started exactly some memories. And it took, first of all, I'm kind of like, do you, don't you think if, like, if, if he had been dwelling on it, Norman would have tried to prevent any kind of interaction between her and this lady Maybe she knew what had happened. Like, well, I think possibly because I mean, there is a little bit of like he's. I we only need to be here so I can talk to this guy mm-hmm. and then we can leave. Like, that could be yeah. sort of. But it was also it was a very triggering situation where it was literally at that party that she yeah. had seen the girl Madison that he had been having an affair with, and then she broke down and got an accident. Like that's a mm-hmm. very triggering situation. That if I was constantly thinking about this 
situation, this murder and affair and everything, I would not have wanted her to possibly have that trigger all her memories. But so yeah. maybe Norman had not been really stewing on it as much as we thought. Wait a minute. What? Does that imply that Norman killed her after the accident? The, the, uh... He killed Madison after Claire got in the accident? Because if she saw Madison at the party and then went and got in the accident, hmm. if she, yeah. if Madison was alive and came to confront either of them, that means he had to have killed her while Ma- while Claire was in, in the hospital. Yeah. That's worse. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He took advantage of the fact that his wife was in the hospital and like maybe, maybe, or maybe, hold on. <laughs> oh, well, what if he waited until he found out that she forgot? Oh. <gasps> ah! Yeah. Because... Um, like, Madison what? was threatening him and Claire about like, oh, I'm going to go to the Dean. I'm going to tell him. Oh, I think, no, I th- I'm pretty sure she was just threatening him. I don't think she had, oh, she had yeah. any ill will towards Claire. That's, that's the point. Norman was playing it off like she did, but like, that she is crazy if you think about it. It's like, her it's never, know. we're never told when he killed Madison. She just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And then. And he tells her while, so while Claire is drugged in the bathtub, he kind of does his little evil villain monologue. Yeah, he's like, oh, this is what I had to do. So this is what I did. And he says, she was going to go to the dean. She was going to ruin everything I've worked towards. She's going to sully my father's name and my name. Well, no, his name, not his father's name. Because the whole point is he's really insecure about being mistaken for his father. Mm -hmm. Um, But like he's like, I'm trying to make a name for myself, not my father. And I had to make sure that that wouldn't happen. And so I just put her in the car and drove it off the boat ramp and like at this and then they were dealing with her whole accident thing so yeah it it doesn't really mention when exactly he does that it is entirely possible that he didn't have an actual plan until he found out that claire didn't remember anything she had the memory loss and then he's like i have a moment yeah i have an out and then he killed madison and then he's he oh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's I plus a lot of what Jody had said her friend when she went over to yeah. stay at her house and she was like I saw him at a cafe with this girl and I was like I'm just gonna pretend like just let it go yeah. like it might not be anything and then you got in the accident and then I was like no it must have been something and now she's found out yeah and. Again, the whole recurring theme of not discuss, not not addressing things, both as a cinematographer and as humans in the story, they just like just let it go. We're not we're not gonna think about it. We're gonna block it from our memories. Now, see, that is one thing I really hate in a lot of media is when people people just don't communicate, and then there's problems and drama, and it's like just talk, like just talk. If her friend had talked to her about it after her accident, any time in the past year. That could have prevented a lot of things. Um, but I think in this scenario, it actually it works really well to the point where it doesn't bother me because she just maybe possibly committed tried to commit suicide 
And so, like, everyone's like, I don't want to talk about it, it. Yeah. because I don't want to freak you out and trigger you or anything like We're that. We're just going to ask if you're all right, like, and then if you say fine, we'll say, are you sure? And then you say, yeah, and then we just drop it. Yeah, there's, like, one other thing that I was... It was actually one of the first notes I took, and I wasn't sure. And even through this whole recording, I wasn't sure. But, like, trauma, like, significant trauma, yeah. not, not, like, physical trauma, no, like, like, emotional, emotional trauma, trauma can make people forget things oh absolutely that's like they just it just like it gets buried or something it's like it's too painful to think about so i i'm not very familiar with this whole phenomenon i know it happens um so it actually a little bit of this of the scenes when she's talking to her therapist who mm -hmm. seems to know her husband um uh, there's there's a little bit when they're talking about that where she he's like what do you think is going on like it's kind of addressed a little bit, but again, with the whole, why did her husband bring there if it was going to trigger? He knows, he's a, he's like a genetic professor or something. Yeah. Like, he's he's a smart guy. We'll talk about what he's he, a professor of at least once. It's, it's like genetics and something like that. I don't remember, yeah. But emotional trauma, it, it's kind of addressed too when Jody is talking to her. She's like, I didn't want to bring it back up because I didn't want you to feel that pain again. But between her memories being triggered by the pictures and the lady at the party and um, Jody and her husband, that scene where she sees herself in, in the mirror and she's being possessed by the ghost of Madison. And she's like trying to almost stab her husband. And she looks in the mirror and sees herself in the rainstorm. It's a situational trigger. There's at the party, there's the situational trigger talking to Jody reminds her of things Trauma is very easily buried. It just buries itself and then it comes back up from random triggers and like you can completely repress memories just yeah. by, you know. So th this is actually... That's why I was wondering if maybe Norman repressed a lot of those yeah. things and was trying to be like, oh, like all of his memories about the accident and the affair and murdering a girl maybe mm -hmm. also got repressed and kind of hidden possible. away. And he just tried not to address those until all the stuff started happening to Claire. Because, yeah. like, if I murdered someone and my wife got in an accident, I'd probably it. repress that, too. Yeah. So another thing I, I want to bring up, because you just mentioned it, uh, the whole possession scene, <gasps> uh, I that went right over my head the first time. Really? I thought it was just her. Oh. I didn't know at all. I didn't realize that it was Madison's ghost possessing her body. Because she had done the seance Because she had allowed her to do it. Mm -hmm. But like when, when she's looking in the mirror... And then she notices that he's home, and then she looks back in the mirror, and her eyes are green. I didn't see that at all the first time, and I was just like, oh. Yeah, so the second seance that she did by herself in the bathroom with the braid of her hair, mm -hmm. from that moment until uh, Norman pushes her off of him, and she falls on the ground and hits her head a little bit, She's being and she drops the braid. She was possessed by Madison that entire time. Yeah. And being all you, sexy you, and weird. And you can tell creepy. because of the way she talks. She's yeah. like, what's wrong, professor? And then there's a point where he's like, too rough. And, he, and she's like, it wasn't last time or like it wasn't before. Mm -hmm. And it's just like. The, I think she's starting to suspect something. And he says, who? And she says, your wife is like one of the creepiest things in the whole movie. And mm -hmm. obviously he's like, oh, that's really scary. He pushes her. And then she looks up. And the door flings open because it's windy outside and, and latch, it doesn't latch. And the latch is broken. And she sees herself in a different outfit looking through the mirror 
at the desk where they're currently sitting. And it's like, that's when you realize it's like, that's how she found out. Yeah. The door didn't latch. She was walking up. And then Norman inside didn't realize because he didn't hear, he didn't notice. The door swung open and she just happened to see them. And like... That's a trigger. It brings back the repressed memories. But like the, the whole door latching thing, you think it's going to be the spooky ghost stuff. But it's like, no, it's just the door doesn't latch properly. And that is relevant it, because that's how she found out it's originally. It's a similar recurring theme as the windows and the water. Yeah. And, and like every time she reaches for the door and it opens a little bit... Like it, it could have been the ghost, but also that's just a thing that like it, we we realize without it ever being addressed that like that's one of the reasons it's scary is because that's how she originally found yeah. out. I I really like that that I like that it's not related to the ghost. Yeah. Because like that is a thing a that could just happen. Mm -hmm. Like there are th there in our house right now. There's a bunch of doors that don't latch quite right, and the like our front door. You have to like pull. You have to pull it all the way closed and then push it back just a little bit to lock the deadbolt because it's not lined up correctly. And so it's like but things it's like that. Now. It's like that makes sense. But at least our door doesn't just like swing open randomly. <laughs> but that along with like the water and the car and stuff, it's just like. That's an end game scary thing because it's connected to the original really spooky thing. <laughs> also, yeah. we, we briefly mentioned the whole like them going underwater and Madison's corpse slowly, floating dramatically floating out of the, that. I don't like that shot. Well, like, again, with the whole the ghost actually was doing things the whole time and it wasn't her being crazy. Like, okay, so like most horror movies, if there was a ghost, they'd be like, Okay, but your husband was slipping you gas this whole time, and you were going crazy or something. I think that's <laughs> literally actually, no. I think that's like a, a movie where they're like, "Oh, I'm being haunted by a ghost," and then it's like, "Yeah, there was like they just discover the mystery and they solve the mystery, but you were like being poisoned the whole time, and that's why you were seeing things." Isn't, isn't or someone if... was like messing with things in your house, and you thought it was a ghost. I'm pretty sure the origin of the term gaslighting. Is from a, I think it's a story, a book, or a short story or something, where the husband is gassing literally his gassing his wife. To make her go crazy. To make her hallucinate yeah. things. And that's in normal horror movies, psychological thrillers, because the paranormal isn't real, yeah. there's a reason behind it all. But throughout the whole movie, you're like, okay, maybe her husband's doing this to try to make her go yeah, crazy. Yeah, maybe it's not real. But then the ghost corpse actually goes up and grabs her husband while they're underwater and is an actual ghost in a corpse in the water I think doing my... spooky things. And it's like, oh no, it's literally a ghost. That's the answer. It's so, paranormal. This is similar to uh, when she first sees Madison's ghost. Mm -hmm. She's out on the pier mm -hmm. and looks into the water and sees a face. A very, very faint it's face. It's very vague. It's like, is that a face? And it doesn't do the thing where it's like, like in It, there is, there's the scene where... Um, Ben is in the library and he's flipping through the book and he sees the aftermath of one of the explosions and he's looking in the tree and the picture gets closer and closer and closer until you realize there is a child's head mm -hmm. on a branch in the tree. Yeah. And like it's not that one it shows you up close. It's like this is what this is. But in that one it's just like I feel like it almost zooms is out a little bit. And I like that better yeah. because I like, this is one of the things that... I'm getting a little bit of chills right now. And only, like, <laughs> it only shows you, like, twice, too. Like, there's only two shots of, like, the four shots of the and lake surface where you're like, is that space? Like, what is that? And then she... It looks back to her, and she's looking at it, and then it looks at it again, and it's like, uh... Yeah. <laughs> but, like, 
I, I think those are really effective. I, I, that's the kind of scares that I really enjoy. Where you feel like you need to rewind. I mean, I hate it at the same time, <laughs> but it, it's like, it's, it's real scare. That's why I like it. It's cause it's, it's, a, it's actually evoking a true emotion. Well, that's kind of the way that this whole movie approaches the horror of yeah. it, which is why I like it so much is that it's actually, it's not like other horror movies where like, there's a girl crawling out of a well covered in hair and it's no, scary. No, crawling out of a TV. Crawling out of a TV. Yeah, that's on a well. Or there's people <laughs> well, just quick. covered in blood unrealistically. It's like, no, she's actually like, it's in real time that we're seeing the scary things that could yeah. actually and, seem pretty real. And aside from the fact that the ghost is actually a ghost, everything else that happens in this movie is plausible. Yeah. <laughs> that's part of the reason well, like, it's scary. That's one of the reasons that the first time I watched it, I was waiting for them to explain how the thing that was making all these actually happened. Because, like, the picture frame falling off, the door not latching, the dog barking at things, the, yeah. you know, the seance, the, the steam, those could all be explained realistically without a paranormal explanation. Somehow, yeah. Like, it could have been your her, her husband triggered, like, I don't know, set up the house. Or she was crazy, but... Because they all were very realistic. It could have happened yeah. in some realistic way, but then they're like, no, it's literally a ghost. I, I also like the twist on the trope that it's like the ghost is not the bad guy. No, she was just trying the, to help her. The ghost is just misunderstood. Um, the bad Honestly, guy was in your bed the whole time. Uh, like, you... <laughs> no, I, I think honestly that's that's the thing I'm still, even now after watching it multiple times, was the ghost trying to haunt her to help her figure it out and get back at Norman? Or was the ghost actually just trying to like freak her out because she no, was still mad? No, it was, I am, it's, it, to me it very much comes off as Find out that he Revenge. Yeah. Like Madison wants revenge because when she possesses- On Norman or on Claire? On Norman. Okay. When she possesses Claire, she is being very aggressive. And she it does try to almost stab him. <laughs> yeah, and then also, at the end, when she comes up, her little spooky ghost, ghost corpse. corpse. Yeah. Soggy um, ghost corpse. Uh, and, like, oh, that just reminds me of the scene where she's floating up and, and she's kind of like, uh, and then she turns her head to and look at her. And she's a normal. Well, it, it starts out where she just turns her head and it's the spooky face. And then it. Uh, there's and another shot at the very movie. end where it's, it's like coming at. I think it's coming from below, but it's like panning up past her face. And it's a spooky ghost face, and then it fades to and her true face. And she's normal, like a normal person, yeah. And it's it like she looks like she's at peace. Yeah, because she, Cause she, she did the thing. She killed him. But yeah, we're, we're when good. she comes up, she does like straight up grab him, and she's like, "You're coming with me, Bucko," and drags him down. Yeah. That so in the end, she was just trying to help Claire remember what happened so that she could. Yep. Get her revenge. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there was a little bit of like, oh, I want to help Claire too, but it, I'm pretty sure it was mainly like, I want to get back at Norman for murdering me. me. Yep. You know, being a bad as, guy. As ghosts do. <laughs> as one does. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, as one does. So yeah. <laughs> um, in all, how how do you uh, do? You also enjoy this movie as much as I do. I mean, I I was as someone remember... who does not like horror movies. <laughs> This is a really good horror movie. This is one I think I could unironically just be like, this is really good. Yeah. You should watch this. That's why I suggest this like, one to people who aren't good with horror movies. Um, like our friend Megan is like, oh, horror movies. I don't I think. She's, she's the kind of person where we told her not to even listen to the episode about it. 
But I told her, yeah. I was like, you could watch What Lies Beneath because I can watch it. And yeah, it's, it's, it is mainly like situational horror. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I think I, I was actually, we were talking to her uh, just the other day. We were over at their house. And I was talking about how we had watched this, and I was like, it's really good. Like, it holds up really well, and, like, it's a really solid movie. It's put together really well. And, like, it is more of a suspenseful movie mm-hmm. than it is a horror movie. Which is why it's... It is scary, but it is not primarily scary. That's not the biggest thing about it. Mm-hmm. Like, like I was saying, I, I wouldn't recommend it to someone who doesn't already think or, like, has watched or think they want to watch that movie. Yeah. Like, don't. Or, like, but... <laughs> even just, like, a lot of horror movies. Like, when we, me and you and Remy watched Seven, The Ring, uh, Silence of the Lambs and stuff, those are, like, the kind of horror movies where, like, you watch them if you know you're good with horror movies. But yeah. this is the kind that, like, again, I was we watched this when I was 16 because our church leader was like, this is not so scary that you'll be scarred for life, but it's scary enough to be for Halloween. I have not... <laughs> I have now realized that sound is a big thing for me mm-hmm. because I can distinctly remember there is a sort of like <laughs> sound that happens in it oh, yeah. several times That's when like it's spooky. Pennywise is doing something spooky. And uh, when we were playing D&D the other day, that happened in one of the songs and I, it, like it literally triggered me. I was just like, <laughs> in the middle of like saying something because I was like, that is not okay. <laughs> Change the music. And then... Just now, I was thinking about the ring, and there's a scene where it's after the first girl gets killed, um, and it is a jump scare where it reveals her body in the closet, and I can remember the sound that plays when they show that, and that is worse for me than anything else. Which might be why this movie is so effective. Uh, yeah, the sound is good. Is yeah, it's really important. It's a powerful thing. I, <laughs> I think it, it also helps in the term of the fact that, like, I don't remember any music from this movie besides maybe the one that plays in the like the end into the credits. It's sort of like the main theme. Yeah. Because I don't like they try to make it so so subtle because it's trying to be realistic and psychological as opposed to like it, which is just like you are now scarred for life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what lies beneath instead is just like there's not a lot of music, <laughs> there's not a lot of sound besides what's really happening. And uh, it's more of like a, well, I would like to make sure that never happens to me, as opposed to like, that's just horrifying and surreal. Yeah. So yeah, it's a very good movie. Yeah, don't go in any lakes anytime, anytime soon. Yeah, um, don't go swimming. Uh, try not to take baths without uh, a um, just you know what you drain. know what don't do anything with water. Don't yeah, don't drink stale. it. Don't don't look at it. Don't, don't murder don't, people. Don't take showers. Like don't go in lakes. Don't yeah. Just water. Don't bad. play with ghosts. Don't do any seances in your bathroom where a dead. Where, don't you, get any Luigi boards. <laughs> Can you burn a Luigi board? Just, yeah, don't don't mess with ghosts. Also, you don't, know, hey, you know, don't have affairs and then murder people. Yeah, like, that's that's not, not cool. That's the overarching theme of this story. I Wouldn't think. recommend. Yeah. Uh, it is also interesting to see Harrison Ford as a villain. That I doesn't love happen very often. He does a good job. <laughs> I also just love Michelle Pfeiffer so much. Yeah. But yeah, very good movie. Uh, would ten out of ten would recommend. Thanks for watching it with me and not You're only welcome. covering your eyes twice. Uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> we'll uh, look forward to having Kyler back. Yeah. Uh, and uh, hopefully, you, and then soon we, you guys will get to hear from him and his lovely wife. I know what movie they're doing. And and if you've been worried about scary stuff, don't worry. It's going to be a fun one. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have a good time. Unless 
Kyler does the thing and then switches what we're going to do. But <laughs> I doubt it. They'll be fine. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, friends. It's been fun to be here. Hey, Allie, where can they find us? They can find you on Facebook okay. on Beyond the Review Podcast. <laughs> it's uh, if you continue to post things there. Yes, and also do. on Spotify yes. or Google Podcasts where I listen to it. Or, or Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts where I don't listen to it because I don't have an iPhone. Um, but if you have an iPhone, you could listen to it or there. Or Anchor. Or Anchor. Which is kind of just Spotify. It, it's, yeah. it, they, they, they or post on Spotify. any other podcast platform. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's pretty cool. Thanks. Um, as I have been saying recently, um, if you've enjoyed this episode, please share it. Uh, Review I, it. We really, really appreciate it because Send it to your friend. Even if you just share it with one person and everyone does one one time, that's double. Or if you two. if you want to share with not your friends, send the previous episode about it to your enemies. <laughs> yes, make them watch it. Make them watch that movie. <laughs> if there's anyone you don't like, send them the it episode and send yeah. all the other ones to friends that you do like and just share it and tell people what, how you how you uh, how you like it and. If you get the opportunity, congratulate Kyler. Yeah. Yeah, and Jess, because they're great and they're wonderful Love people. Them. And we're so happy for them. And and I'm sad that he doesn't get to be here, but I'm happy we'll that he is soon. he is having a good time. Yeah. But anyway, um do you, you get to say it. I get to oh, say do you wanna say it? Do you wanna say the thing? Remember to watch what you love and love what you watch. There you go. See y'all again soon, hopefully. First try.